Why isn't Dancehall as big as reggaeton? Last year, reggaeton crossed over $1 billion in revenue, and it shows no signs of slowing down anytime soon. And the biggest question on my mind has been, why couldn't Dancehall do the same thing? Reggaeton came from Dancehall, and at one point, musically, they sounded very similar. Sean Paul brought Dancehall international in the early 2000s, but that was as far as it went, at least commercially. And I needed to know why. So to get a better understanding of how we ended up here, I decided to take a look back at the beginning. So in this video, I'm going to get into the origins of dancehall, how Afro-Caribbeans in Panama took the dembo rhythm and started reggaeton as a genre, and I'm also going to talk about how Puerto Rico took reggaeton global, making it so popular over the last two decades. Dancehall started in inner-city Kingston, Jamaica in the late 1970s with working and lower-class people. During this time, Jamaica was going through radical change socially and politically. The People's National Party did not live up to expectations or empower the Jamaican people. And this created frustration in these underserved communities. And so naturally a place people went to escape from this type of life was the music. Dancehall took his name from actual dancehall clubs, public dances or street parties targeted toward young people run by sound systems. Sound systems in Jamaica were groups of DJs that would load up their trucks with equipment and throw these street parties. The appeal of these parties was clear. The music uptown and on the radio was not reflecting the pulse of the people anymore. The music that came out of these dance halls was radically different than anything else at the time. Topics like dancing, violence, and sexuality were discussed heavily in the lyrics, and they resonated with people in a more real way. Because they shined a light on the day-to-day -day lives of the inner city people. This is the type of music that the radio was just ignoring completely. So dancehall grew in popularity through the underground. Rhythms or rhythms are the most important part of this story, in my opinion, or at least the part that carries this culture across the world. A rhythm is the instrumental part of the song or the beat. And the unique thing about dancehall culture is that no one beat is exclusive to one artist. If a rhythm becomes popular, then it's normal for an artist to make another song with that same rhythm. There was one rhythm between 1967 and 2006 the real rock rhythm that was used over 269 times. Yeah, I know, that's a lot. That may seem unusual, especially when you compare it to how we do it here in America, but I think it's actually really smart and it's what drives the music forward. Competition drives innovation. Artists having the opportunity to take a rhythm and make it their own and potentially better than the original versions gets people out there talking and discussing it. Whose version was better? And that's how we get reggaeton or reggae de espanol. In 1990, early dancehall pioneer Shaba Ranks released a song called Dembo that will go on to change music. Dembo, 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 Dembo. The Dembo rhythm was created by Jamaican producers Steely and Cleavy in the late 80s and was an international hit, especially in Panama. Panama had been home to a large population of Jamaicans and Afro-Caribbeans for decades. In 1904, the Americas controlled the construction of the Panama Canal, and it was one of the largest construction projects historically, and that meant a lot of jobs. Caribbeans from Jamaica, Barbados, Martinique, and other islands flocked to Panama looking for better jobs. Black people throughout the Caribbean had trouble finding good work at the time or other ways to take care of themselves. So when this opportunity presented itself, they flocked to the construction, and naturally with them, they brought their culture. They adapted to the area as we always do, they learned the native tongue and took some of the characteristics of the Panamanians that were already there, but still they were heavily Caribbean influenced. So in 1990, when Shaba Ranks Dembo took off, it was honestly no surprise when Panamanian legend El General did his own version of the classic. Bando. 
As we talked about earlier, this is dancehall culture. Sonbo by El General is recognized by many as one of the earliest reggaeton tracks and is the blueprint for the sound, in my opinion. At the time, it was referred to as reggae de espanol, but regardless, it is the clear predecessor to reggaeton. Even though Panama laid the foundation, they're not the ones that took it global. Puerto Rico is where the sound evolved and eventually exploded. Before we go to Puerto Rico, I wanted to highlight how this story is focused on black people traveling and moving around the globe. Travel changes your perspective more than anything and encourages people to think bigger. So in honor of Black History Month, we decided to partner with Romeware, a brand focused on helping more young black people make travel less of a dream and more of a reality. Only 4% of travelers annually are between the ages of 20 and 30 years old in the US, and only a fraction of them are black. So we helped create a guide for young black people who want want to take their first solo trip and don't know where to start. The link is in the bio for those looking to start their travel journey. Be brave enough to roam. Reggaeton's beginning was very similar to other genres of music like dancehall and even hip hop through the underground. In the 80s and 90s, both reggae de espanol and hip hop were developing and both made their way from Panama and NYC to Puerto Rico. And in Puerto Rico, they came together via the underground. Early pioneers like Vico C, DJ Negro, and DJ Playero gained popularity early on through mixtapes and cassettes, and the Dembo beat pattern took over the music scene there. After a certain point, the sound was unavoidable, and since then, the Dembo beat pattern is the foundation of reggaeton. So it's completely fair to say that dancehall came before reggaeton because the Dembo beat pattern was found in dancehall. I don't think the peak or the, the top of dancehall was anywhere near where reggaeton is today, at least here in the States. Sean Paul is still the highest selling dancehall artist of all time, and that was over 20 years ago. In 2003, he might have been the most popular artist at the time, and nobody has touched him since that point. And I think the reason for this is because the music industry and the public at large deem Sean Paul as an acceptable dancehall star. And this is no slight to Sean Paul. You can't take anything away from his accomplishments, but Sean Paul has some advantages that most artists don't. Sean Paul's lyrical content is a lot cleaner than most of dancehall, and his accent is more Western friendly or easier to understand to the general public, like in America or the UK, and he's somewhat racially ambiguous, which translates a lot better in markets like that. Almost like Drake. Drake shares some of these characteristics, and I think that's the reason that they're able to be so much more commercial. And so it would make sense that they would be able to transcend whatever genre they're in, right? Like Drake is bigger than hip hop at this point. Like Sean Paul was bigger than dancehall at the time. And I think this is important to note because Sean Paul is the biggest dancehall artist globally, but among West Indian communities and dancehall culture, like in the center of it, I don't think he's recognized as the most popular dancehall artist. Vibes Cartel is. And as great as Vibes Cartel is, I don't think the public at large would accept Vibes Cartel on such a large scale like they do Sean Paul. Even the Jamaican government wouldn't accept Vibes Cartel for the way he was. The artists themselves even knew that. Dance and music is so indigenous that, as we have said, if it were to be put on an international market in, it, in its purest form, it would be intolerable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because dance and music is, a, is an intolerant art form. But why it is an intolerant art form is because these artists grew in an intolerable society. Example, we as Jamaicans know that even in the church growing up, the quickest verse a parcel of use is Leviticus 20 verse 13, saying XYZ man should not lie down with a man. You know what I mean? So artists burning out homosexuals and stuff like that, we get it from even the church of Jamaica. You know what I mean? Pastors in church from where I grew up. You know what I mean? So it is our culture, but in its purest form, it's very intolerable, but people want it, Kiki.
And this is why I believe dance hall could never become as big as reggaeton. To the American media, which has controlled most media for about a century now, dance hall is an intolerable genre. They would never pour the same money and resources into a genre that exhibits messages and images that they would like to suppress. And on the other side, reggaeton benefits from things that dance hall is just unable to do. Spanish is the second most consumed language of music there is out there. So there's a large market for it, especially here in the US. And I think a lot of the reggaeton out there today makes people wanna dance and it's less lyric focused. So the things being said in a lot of the music that's coming out there, not all of it, is a lot more acceptable in places that play commercial music. I have no problem with reggaeton and I'm actually glad that more global sounds are becoming more popular on the mainstream. I just think it needs to be acknowledged that reggaeton's predecessor was stifled. What do you guys think? Is what I'm saying valid or am I reaching? Let me know in the comments.